Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. We're glad to be back with you for another study tonight. Uh, we're going to be studying... Um, before and after. Before and after. Sorry, yeah, I didn't know exactly <laughs> what to say. Like, we're studying from the Bible. That's what we're doing. <laughs> another Bible study. Bible Let's study. <laughs> so we're we're glad to be back with you for another study, and um, we got lots to talk about, of course, as usual. Um, but it, if uh, uh, you like to send us a note about what we talk about, you can email us. The link emails in the link. Um, Truth in agape love at gmail dot com. Um, be sure and give us a, a share like um like the page um subscribe to it uh which in whichever format you're listening to and, and tell your friends and so we certainly appreciate all that listen and uh, we see you and we appreciate you listening and we'll try to keep doing this and uh we we certainly enjoy it don't we david absolutely we do so uh we'll go ahead and dive into our study with that um so go ahead dave all righty. And so the, the service we had Sunday, Chad, mm-hmm. was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Paxton got up and he led nothing but the blood of Christ mm-hmm. right before the, the Lord's Supper. And then yep. David got up there and, and really dove into what the blood of Christ means to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the purity of the blood of Christ. And no one before or no one after could ever replace what the blood of Christ has done for us. And uh, because that was a part of my lesson that I actually didn't even really dive into. That I mean, it was off of that basis, but that's not a point that I hit. So it actually worked beautifully with my lesson. Like it, it, it was like a, uh, a diving point right, right into my lesson. Yeah. And, and I just, yeah. And I just love how that works. And that was not planned. It's never planned, but how it always works, I, I love it and appreciate it, um, because something about the blood of Christ, you know, a lot of people don't understand how blessed we are through the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. And something about me and my wife, we like to watch these uh, fixer-upper shows where, you know, people will buy a, a house that needs fixing up, and they'll tear down walls, they'll, you know, replace carpet or whatever, and then... At the end of every episode, they do a before and after shot. Yeah. Now, when they do that before and after shot, it is, you really get the vivid look at how much they've done. You know, you get a, an appreciation for what has been done. And then when you go to Christ, you know, the, the Bible also has this before and after. Um, if you would, turn with me to Galatians 3. Verse 23. And so here, we're going to read through verse 5, actually. So Galatians 3, 23 through 25. It says, But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith, which would afterwards be revealed. Therefore the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ that we may be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So Christ is referred to the faith. His way is the faith. And before Christ came, it was before faith. And so they were kept under the law. 
And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at before faith came and after faith came. So before mm-hmm. Christ came and after Christ came. And so before faith came, they had animal sacrifices that they had to do. Now, let's turn over to Leviticus chapter 1, 1 through 9, and follow along with us, or if you have your Bible at home, open it up and, and turn with us to Leviticus 1, 1 through 9, and really pay attention to the details. Like, look at the details of these animal sacrifices. Chad, do you want to read that yeah, for sure. us? Sure. Leviticus 1, 1 through 9. It says, Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock of the herd of the flock. If his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting before the Lord. Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before the Lord and the priests Aaron's sons uh, and the priests. Aaron's sons shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The son of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the fire. Then the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay the part, lay the parts, the head and the fat in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar. But he shall wash its inter- internals and its legs with water, and the priest shall burn all on the altar as a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Okay, thank you. So, notice the details in here. So, if if I am bringing, say, Chad, you're one of the Aaron's sons, you know, mm-hmm. the priest. Yeah. I bring my offering to you, and I put my hand on the head of the animal. Mm-hmm. Now, it says I kill it. Mm-hmm. Now, I can imagine slitting the throat, however they killed it. To me, that's the quickest and easiest way. But I have to put my hand on the head of the animal, Mm -hmm. and I have to kill it. Yeah. It's almost like a transference of my sin transferring into the the animal, you know? And it's it's me having to recognize that because of my sin, this animal has to die. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, there's that surrealness right there, that... This animal is sacrificed because I failed, right? Yeah. My iniquity. And then, when I do that, though, then the priest would take over. That's when you would take over and you'd sprinkle the blood around the altar. You have to very specifically sprinkle the blood yeah. in specific places. And then you skin the animal and you you cut it into pieces. And then even that, you have to lay it on the altar a specific order. You know, it, it doesn't say the order here, but notice it says in in the specific order. Then the entrails mm-hmm. and the legs, you wash them off with water and then throw them on the altar. I mean, there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, Chad, I'm not a big hunter, but I know you are. Mm-hmm. 
How long would it take to skin, like, okay, for example, I know you just had milk yeah. not too long ago. Yeah. How long did it take to skin it and cut it into pieces? Yeah, it takes forever. It takes a really long time. Yeah. So, so this is not a, a quick and easy process, right? No, and I think another thing to add, too, uh, is if I was get you ever, you ever get um, someone, say you're going to take care of their place or something, and you go over and they start giving you instructions. And you're like, okay, I can remember this. And you get through about halfway and you're like, I should be writing this down. (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, by the time you get done, you're like, okay, let's start over because I I didn't get that. And, you know, here they wrote it down. But I'm going to tell you, if I I was Aaron's um, priest, I'd I'd, I'd have to be referring to this probably 15, 20 times through the... Oh, man. It's kind of like directions, you know? And and as complicated as it is, um, you know... It is not easy it, uh, to cut up an animal, okay? Especially an oxen. They weigh about, I don't know, 1,500 pounds. Yeah, they're heavy. Know? So it's not like you just pick them up and, like, start skinning them. You know, you have to skin one side, roll it over, skin the other side. I mean, it's it's a job. Not to mention you have to have a knife sharp enough to, to sustain That's the right. job, you know, throughout the whole job. The uh, Normally, even when we're cutting up an elk or whatever or a deer um you have to sharpen your knife in the middle sometimes yeah depending on how good a knife or how good a knife sharpener you are yeah uh and so (laughs) there's just a lot of work and you're picking things up and you have to you know anyways i think the point you're making too and and i'm trying to make a little bit different way is these are very detailed very complicated instructions and they were given to be followed. Mm-hmm. They couldn't. I mean, he says like you had to lay the fat and the on the wood, you know, in yeah. a certain order, yep, and that kind of thing. And so he's very specific, and and it was very. They had to be very careful how they did this. Yeah, and and it was complicated. And if they didn't do it right, then it as it acceptable. says at the end in verse nine, it wouldn't be a sweet aroma to the no. Lord. And it wasn't gonna. Yeah, Lord wasn't gonna accept it. And and so. There was also this certain dependency that I would have, using that same scenario, that I would have on you, Chad, to do it correctly. Yeah, Because absolutely. if you didn't do it correctly, then my sacrifice is not a sweet aroma to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, so there was a certain dependency upon the priests. Yeah, they that, had... that was, man, that's that's a big um, burden on yeah, they had to you, be meticulous. They very had to be meticulous. Very careful and very precise that's exactly why the the levitical priesthood that was their only work and every other tribe had to support the levitical priesthood because the levites had a lot of work a lot of study making sure that the sacrifice was done correctly and if you do a deeper study into it you'll actually see that they do different things for the different Mm -hmm. sacrificing you well, know, and, and they went clear down to the fact they told them which herd to get it out of. Right. I mean, you couldn't just grab whatever. No, and it, it had was to very be very specific. Yeah, very specific, and an animal without blemish too. Yeah. So it had to be, mm-hmm. you know, another word for it is spotless. It, yeah. it had to be the best. It was the best of the best. The and best we, of the best. We've talked about that before. You couldn't just go out and, and grab the the one that's not gaining weight. The that's one right. That's sickly. The, the one, one that's, that's probably going to die anyway. Yeah, you can't do that. It was the best of the best. That's right. Even down to the look of it. Yep. That you know. Yeah. We talked about that with the lambs and the sheep when they had to do the 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 Passover. 
Yeah, that's it, right. it had to be a lamb without blemish. So that means it couldn't have a spot on it. Yeah, no Even scars, the, no nothing. The, the uh, sometimes them sheep would come out with uh, you know black spots or whatever or yeah or different colors. It couldn't be one of those. It had to be a pure color. Yeah, it had like you said the best of the best, mm-hmm. the one that's most likely to be the best profit for you. Yeah, the one that would bring the most money at auction. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's something that they had back then. Well, you never know. <laughs> so this is the kind of things that they had to do. And it was, they had daily sacrifices, weekly sacrifices, monthly sacrifices. That's another thing I was going to point sacrifices. out. This one, it didn't last very long. No. It wasn't forever. This sacrifice was not long term. They right. had to keep doing them. Yeah. And so... That was before faith came. Mm-hmm. And then after faith came, there's no longer animal sacrifices. Mm-hmm. We have living spiritual sacrifices all through the blood of Christ. If you would turn over with me to Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is only two verses, Chad. I'll read this one. <laughs> oh, you're fine. I don't mind. <laughs> so here, starting in verse 1 of Romans 12, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. So notice how our sacrifices now are living sacrifices, which means we are to live holy. You know, as it talks about in 1 Peter 1.16, God says, Be holy, for I am holy. That is our sacrifices that we are to give towards God. Those are this, the living sacrifices. So we give up the pleasures of this life. We yeah. give up, you know, the the pride of life, you might say. You know, we, we are willing to give that up, and we transform our mind. You know, it, we don't... Um, how does it put, we don't conform to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So the more we study the scripture, the more we change. Yeah, it's changed. It's, it's, it's a change of it's mind. It's constantly trying to change and better yourself for the Lord. And notice at the end of verse 1, it says, which is your reasonable service? I want to point that out because it, God is not asking a lot out of us here. Compared to the, the sacrifices that they had in the old days, you know, that burden was very hard, mm-hmm. and it was a very hard burden to carry. Mm-hmm. And so their their sacrifice is so much better. This uh, conformed, conformed means to form or mold. We talk about, mm-hmm. yeah, when they made him, they broke the mold, you know, we might say about somebody. Okay? Yeah. Well, we're actually molded to Christ. It's the mold. He's the mold. Yeah. And we pour ourselves into that to be like him. That's right. You know, and... And uh, if you've ever been around that kind of thing where where you've probably seen, I don't know, how how it's made episodes of, of how they make, they got a mold and they pour the plastic yeah, into yep. it. And it's exactly the same thing every time. Yeah. Right? Well, that's why as Christians, you know, we talk about how, how come these guys clear over here on the other side of the world are doing the same thing as us? Yeah. We're all, we're all using the same mold. We're conformed. Yeah. Um, we're formed. And and so just just a thought I had. Yeah, no, just and popped that, in. that goes right in with Ephesians. Okay, that just popped into my head. I didn't know where to go after that. <laughs> I was like, okay, got my point, <laughs> done. So Ephesians one, 
verse 5. And this is exactly what, what is being talked about here. It says, um, well, actually back up to, to verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, this predestined that he's talking about is that mold that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. So anyone who is willing to transform their life Mm -hmm. to fit Christ, you know, as as we are to follow Christ, okay, we are to be just like Christ. We are to conform our life and, and change our life to fit the mold that Christ made. Christ made this mold and said, anyone who is willing to change their life to fit me, has eternal life. And that's mm-hmm. the predestined that is that he's talking about there. You know, and, and a lot of people think that that is talking about um, pre-chosen. That's not what he's talking about here. Mm-hmm. You know, where um, there's a certain amount of people that's going to be saved. There's nothing you can do. You're either saved or you're not. Yeah. You know, that's not what he's talking about here. So just like how, um, say we're going to go get a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to get a dog for the family. It has to be hypoallergenic because we have okay. yeah. kids that are allergic. Mm-hmm. I want a small dog. I don't want a big dog that jumps on you yeah. and thinks that they're a lap dog when they're <laughs> when they're way two hundred pounds. You know, yeah. and so it can't shed a lot. I don't want it to bark a lot. You know, it has to be great with kids. Mm-hmm. So I just laid five different rules down that that the dog has to meet. Yeah, the qualif- the pre qualifications, right? Yeah. You're now, not going to go out and just get a Rottweiler just right. because it's available. But I I did all of this before I even mm-hmm. looked at a dog. Yeah. I have already predestined a dog. Mm. So any dog that meets my criteria, I'm going to get. Yep. Just like everyone who's willing to meet the criteria that Christ has laid out in Scripture, mm-hmm. anyone that's willing to mold to that, is predestined. Yeah. He has already predestined a certain... He's saying this is what righteousness is. This is what whole, holy, being holy is. If you're willing to change to be holy, mm-hmm. you have eternal life. That's what is talked about in verse 5 there, that predestined us to adoption as sons. Anyone who is willing to conform to the mold of Christ. So, great point to bring out. And that's that's what is being also talked about in Romans twelve. You know, that is being the the living sacrifice, that is our reasonable service. Mm-hmm. And then you know, as as it also talks about in First Peter chapter two verse five, he says, "You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices." according to God, through Jesus Christ. So this is what we are to do. These are the living spiritual sacrifices. You know, as here in, in 1 Peter 2, 5, he, he calls it spiritual sacrifices. So we are willing to give up the pleasures of this life for the pleasures of eternal life with Him. Yeah, and He says it in many places, like Romans 12, 1. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. He's like, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so these these living sacrifices are the spiritual sacrifices for the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the biggest problem that we will face in this life is looking past this life. You know, that that's one of the biggest obstacles in our way. So as, as we are born into this life, it's hard not to want what mm. this life has to offer. Yeah. That's what Satan is offering us. Yeah. This life. Yeah. You know, he even tried to offer it to Christ. Sure. You know, and so those who are willing to look past this life and look towards the eternal life with Christ and willing to change your life and and not dig into the indulgement of this life. Yeah. Absolutely. I got another one. Yes, Hebrews please. thirteen fifteen. Okay. Hebrews thirteen fifteen says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Fruit of our lips. Yep. You know, we don't think about what comes out of our mouth, you know, is defines us. That's right. You know, whether it's to God or somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. that's defined, you know, that's yeah. so important. And as it as it also talks about in um, Colossians 3.17, let's turn over there, Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, yeah. giving thanks to God the Father through him. Yeah. So notice how it, it's all through him. You know, and, and in Ephesians chapter 1, I call that the in him chapter. Yeah. Where in Christ we are blessed. In Christ we have this hope of eternal life. Yeah. In Christ we have the blessing of the reconciliation with with the Father. And yeah. so, so many blessings through Christ, you know, and mm-hmm. and how much we are liberated through Christ to not have to deal with the burden of those sacrifices, mm-hmm. you know. And then, uh, before faith came, another thing about these animal sacrifices, you brought it up, what? how they, they had to continually do it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What do you mean, explain, uh, before faith came, explain that. So, before faith came is before Christ. Okay. So, through the blood of Christ, we have redemption, we have um, the reconciliation with the Father. Mm-hmm. And as it talks about in Galatians 3.23, it, it talked about before faith came. So talking about before Christ. So through the the law of Moses, that's before faith. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. I just had never heard that before. Yeah. And, <laughs> so and, I was like, oh, what? And, and I, was, I was basing it off of Galatians 3, because Galatians 3 talks about before faith and after okay, faith. Okay, I see. But before faith came we were kept under guard by the law kept for faith which would afterward be revealed yeah okay so the christ is the one that was revealed and and we have faith in him Mm -hmm. and through our faith in him we have redemption got it okay and then uh before faith came being under the law of moses as, as you talked about these animal sacrifices that had to be continual yeah Sins were remembered every year. Mm-hmm. So these animal sacrifices could not wash away your sin mm-hmm. like the blood of Christ can. Um, as we see in, in Hebrews 10, 1 through 4, and 
also keeping in mind, remembering how much they had to do that was involved with these animal sacrifices. You know, you couldn't sacrifice it any way you wanted. It had to be exactly Mm -hmm. the way God prescribed. Yeah, and we we have examples of of folks that didn't follow what God prescribed. Well, and... Uh, Nadab and Abihu, yeah, Leviticus that's 10. that's what I was thinking of. Man, they just got fire from a different place other than the altar. Yep. And that was called strange fire. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows where we, they got the fire from? And me, me and you have said this before. We're like, fire's fire. That's what I think. <laughs> it burns but, the same. Yeah. And apparently that's what they thought. But it wasn't from where the Lord had prescribed it. Mm-hmm. So the Lord killed them. Yeah. You know, and so they had to be very specific. And, they, and their father was told not to mourn them. Yeah. And now think about it like this. And, and so imagine if, um, well, I'm going to pick on you. Say you were Nadab and Abihu, or yeah. one of the two. Yeah. And I bring my animal sacrifice to you, mm-hmm. and I do my part. I, I kill the animal, sure. slaughter it in front of you, and then, and then I see you, <laughs> you die. Yeah, you messed up. I am pretty sure that my sacrifice was not acceptable. Yeah, you got to start over. <laughs> yeah, it's like. All right, now I got to start over because oh, yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. That's what I was talking about—the dependency that they had. Well, and yeah, absolutely. And you know, we don't know exactly, you know, what happened. Yeah, with things like that, but it's true. Yeah, that it was tough. Oh yeah, it was tough to to accomplish, and and it was important that they accomplished it. That's right. And God expected it. God absolutely expected it. So Hebrews ten, one through four. So notice here. They had to do it continually. It says, For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they have not, ce- would they have not ceased to be offered. For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. So here is something. So these animal sacrifices could not even, wasn't pure enough to take away the sin. And so a good example of this, me and my kids went to go visit my dad in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Now, in our house, we have hardwood floors throughout the house. And so what... What happens when the kids make a little spill, they get a towel and they put it over the top of it. And the towel will absorb it because it can't soak into anything else but the towel, right? And so they're used to just taking the towel, put it over the top, and keep playing. Well, we went to go visit my dad, and they went downstairs. Well, my dad has carpet downstairs. And they made a spill. They got a towel and just threw it over the top like they would at home and just kept playing. Mm -hmm. Well... If anyone has carpet, you know, you have to step on it. You have to, like, rub it out. You have to make sure that the towel absorbs it. If you just throw it over the top, it's not going to do anything. And so, you know, they laid it over the top and just kept playing, right? And uh, after a while, Grandpa went back downstairs, and and he picked up the towel, and he's like, Hey, you know, there's a stain down here. So my kids had to be reminded that they made a mistake. You know, mm-hmm. they threw the towel over it and kept playing, but then they had to be reminded that they made a mistake. And so that's that's the image I get when you 
when you talk about the animal sacrifices. So they, they would make the animal sacrifices throughout the months, throughout the weeks. And then at the end of the year, it's like God picks up the town and says, Hey, don't forget your soul is still stained right here. Mm-hmm. You know, because of your sin, your soul is still stained. Don't forget it. You know, and so that's almost like how it was. It, it, the, the blood of bulls and goats could never purify their soul. It could never wash away that sin. Yeah, and having understand that, that it couldn't, it just could never get it completely gone makes us appreciate even more the sacrifice that Christ... Absolutely. And that's, that's the point we're heading yes. to, I know. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I don't mean to rush, rush no, it, but it, but it's true that when we think about everything they went through was so labor, labor, you know, labor intensive, labor intensive, and yet it still didn't accomplish forgiving the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Christ is the one that had to come and do that. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and what do we do? What do we have to sacrifice? Yeah. To to receive that. It's nothing in comparison. Nothing in comparison. Yeah. I mean, we just have to, you know, follow, believe, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset. Yep. You have to believe. And uh, we have to turn towards Christ. And it's, in, in comparison, it's nothing. Yeah. I mean, we should be humbled at how easy it is. And very thankful Mm-hmm. For the sacrifice of Christ. Even to the point where he tells us you won't be tempted more than what you can bear. Yeah. You know, we have so many comforts. And yeah, I've been thinking about this. A friend of mine, uh, you know, I don't want to say too much, but there's there's so many demons in people's lives mm-hmm. where they get overwhelmed and go and do something stupid. Yeah. You know, and usually it ends with, um, a DUI mm-hmm. or something like that, and they they do something stupid, and then it and then uh, what was I what was I said uh, there was uh, you put, uh, play stupid games win stupid prizes yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what it is, but there's so many hard things in life and and but yet if you just put those troubles to the Lord that we're dealing with yeah say a prayer. Talk to a brother, you know, or sister, um, you know, try to lean on each other as Christians and um, you can get through those trials, you know, yeah. that, that w- what a relief we have to be able to put our faith in Christ and man, it doesn't matter the stupid things that we have to deal with in life. Right. You know, is it, is, is something, a bad day at work worth going to jail? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what I mean, and 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 that's just an example um, of 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 everyone's struggles. You know, we have tons of struggles, but we can put those struggles onto the Lord. You know, that's right. We can we can pray to Him and and ask Him to help us, and He will help us. Yeah, and and that brings us to the ple- the precious blood of Christ, and and this is what we have through Christ. You know, it is all. Through Christ. Yeah. It is all through the pure blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. I have one more thought. Yes, please. Imagine, so you and I, not having that part of our faith in our lives yeah, that we can lean on. Imagine not having it. Imagine not knowing that you can put everything on Christ. Where would you go? The hopelessness that would that I would feel. Oh, yeah. Like, 
And it's no wonder that people put their faith in, in alcohol and yeah. drugs and things like that yeah. because they don't have that. And so picture in your mind not having that to lean on. That yeah. would not be fun. No. You know what and, I mean? And it would make this life unbearable. Yeah. Like it really would. Yeah. You know, nothing in this life, he tells us, you know, nothing in this life matters. Naked you come, naked you'll leave. Yeah. You know? That's right. And and none of none of it matters. We we get in trials and we get tied up at work and and you know, school and and things like that. Yeah. Is it matter? Is it gonna matter when you die? Nope. You could accomplish everything. And you can't take it, it with you. And and still when you die, you still die. You yeah. Know? You know, and this bring I want to bring out Job. Right here, oh, like, yeah. like what you're talking oh, about. Yeah. Job's a great example. Job is for such that. a great example of this because, keep in mind, he he was wealthy and and he was the wealthiest among the East. Mm-hmm. Is how it how it's put. And yeah. he he lost all of his livelihood, yeah, all of his livestock because that was money to them. You know, he lost all of his livestock, all of his servants, and all of his children. Yep. In the news came to him in a matter of. Seconds. Yeah. It was while one servant was saying something, mm-hmm. another servant came. And while yeah. that servant was saying something, another servant came. And he he lost everything mm-hmm. at once. And notice what he does. The first thing he does um, in Job chapter 1, starting verse 20, Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Yeah. How many of us would lose a, a loved one, and we blame God for it? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and but he lost everything. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he did was worship God. And... And that's the that's the attitude that we need to have. You yeah. Know, no one can take our faith away. No. You could be locked up with nothing, and then you still have your faith. That's right. And uh, you know, like you're saying, when faith came, uh, we have Christ in our minds and in our faith, and we can put our trust in Him. No one can take that away from you. But the thing is, it's 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 when you think about all the trials and all the stupid things we go through mm-hmm. in life. Uh, none of that matters. Yeah. This is what matters. You know, studying God's word, understanding it, trying to steer our lives in the right direction. And apply it to our lives. And apply it to our lives. Yeah. Tell others about it. Yep. You know, that kind of thing. And, and that's all that matters. Nothing else matters. That's right. Because after faith came, before, or after the, the precious blood of Christ, when we put on Christ in baptism, sins are remembered no more. Yeah, they're gone. They're gone. It's like it never happened. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at Hebrews 8, verse 12, he says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Now, this is God speaking. He says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember mm-hmm. no more. Yeah, what a beauty. This is such a beautiful fact of of the precious it makes me think of, blood of folks sometimes will talk to him say hey you should come to church with me oh i couldn't go in there not with things i've done you know yeah our our response should be would you like to have those for, forgiven and forgotten that's right that should be our response yeah because that's what he says here 
Yeah. All those bad things can be forgotten. And look at, look at, this is what I love about Saul of Tarsus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He was guilty of killing Man, yeah. and persecuting Christians. Mm-hmm. He was on his way to Damascus take, to take God's children. Yeah. Cuff them and throw them into prison and, and persecute them. Like, he was he was dedicated. And the funny thing is, is he was doing it for the zeal of God that he had. He thought he was doing the Lord's work. But he was killing God's children. And God forgave him. Yeah. And made him an apostle. And boy, isn't it funny how um, he later on, you know, he had to prove himself. Yeah. And later on, he called himself chief of sinners. Yeah. You know? And the, the least of the apostles. Yeah, and the least of the apostles. Yet, yeah. he wrote most of the Bible. Well, and... <laughs> most of the New Testament. You really see his humbleness before God. Yeah. He was thankful because he knew he was wrong. Mm-hmm. And he there was a lot to thank God for. And mm-hmm. he did. Yeah. And he became, like you said, he wrote most of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. You know, and... He was a very dedicated apostle for the Lord, mm-hmm. and and his work is is great. The experience that he had from both sides, I think, was yeah. huge because mm-hmm. he knew what it was like to live as a Jew, right? He was a Jew. That yep. He knew what it was like to 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 live in that world, and I think it gave him experience on how to talk to those folks. Yeah, you know, you see how he. Talk to Pilate. I mean, he was an uh, he was a upperclassman, you might say. Oh yeah, he was he was a prominent. His he, name was a prominent. He was figure. well known because it, it when um, when he was there at the stoning of Stephen. Yeah, it says that they laid his the garments of Stephen at his feet. Now the one in charge is the one that that gets the spoils of war. It, yeah, sort of speak. So they laid it at his feet. He was in charge of that. Mm-hmm. He was the one leading that, and mm-hmm. so yeah, he was he was a leader of sorts. It, now the scripture is unclear on what his leadership was, but he was a leader of sorts, and he was a Pharisee, which yeah. is the strictest among the Jews, yeah, the the strictest sect among the Jews, and so he was he was very zealous and dedicated to the Lord, yeah, but he was just sincerely wrong. It makes me think of something else too, uh, yeah, the uh, parable of the rich young ruler. Yeah. Uh, he asked Jesus, hey, you know, what can I do? Well, you know, uh, he, Jesus gives him several things. I, I can't perfect. I, I can't quote it. But the, at the end, he says, no, what else? I've done all these. What else can I do? Yeah. He says, sell everything, take, pick up your cross, and follow me. Yeah. What did he do? He went away weeping. Yep. Yeah. He went away like, I can't do that, he, you know? It, he couldn't give up as well. And I think we should all... You know, learn a lesson from that and realize that hey, we may have to do the same thing. Yeah, at some point. Well, and that's exactly what Paul did. He went from persecuting the Christians. That's what made me to think being of being persecuted. Paul had everything. Yeah, and you know, he actually he says, "I consider all things, but rubbish." Yeah. Now, th- I love the King James version actually on that. It says, "I consider all things as dung." Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. It was so meaningless to him that mm-hmm. he wanted nothing to do with it. He wanted as far away from him as possible. And that's, you know, for someone like that to to give all that up, to be persecuted because he recognized how blessed he is in the Lord. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what it is. He 
he set his treasures in heaven where they belong you know he didn't he didn't consider the treasures on earth worth anything it was worthless to him yeah and of course this extends this invitation extends to everyone oh, you know absolutely. It, it extends to everyone but it occurs when we accept the gospel you know notice what it says in acts 237 and 38 i just i just turned there yeah and so here keep in mind this is peter at the day of pentecost gets up and convicts them you yeah. know points out that that jesus is the christ he is the messiah the long waited messiah that has been prophesied throughout scripture this is the one mm-hmm. and you guys just killed him Mm-hmm. Now, everyone heard that, and they they were they were convicted, and so we see that in verse thirty seven of Acts two, it says, "When they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said, Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do?" So they recognized, "Wow, we just killed the Messiah." What do I do? How do I make it right? <laughs> what do we do? It you makes know? me think of when I was a kid, when you found out that you'd done something wrong. <laughs> yeah. And you almost wet yourself. You mm-hmm. know, you're just like, and you get this big, like, pit to your stomach, you know? Yeah. Oh, what did I do? Yeah. When you knew you'd done something wrong. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've <laughs> been there. I yeah. think we all have. I think we can all relate. That's what it, that's what they, that's how they felt when they realized what they had done to Christ, you know? <laughs> so, my youngest daughter, I'm mm-hmm. going to tell on her. Mm-hmm. She's probably not listening. Mm-hmm. So, um, the other day, or a little bit ago, she was doing something wrong. I told her no, and she mm-hmm. did it again. Mm-hmm. So, I start walking down. Mm-hmm. She knew what that meant. She looked to the right, looked to the left, and then just kind of looked at me like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm done, done for her. <laughs> like, yep. You know, and the look on her face was that look that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I knew that's the feeling she was having because I've been there. And so she just like, she just stopped and like, gave me the puppy dog look like, uh oh. And, you know, so it was really funny to see. But that's kind of, I can imagine that's the, the, the pit of despair that these, these guys were feeling. Oh, sure. What? Shall we do? Well, and their whole lives, they've been prophesied of this one that's to come. Yeah. And 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 Peter here just revealed it to him. <laughs> this was him. You guys killed him. You guys killed him. Yeah. You know? And so, and so, what shall we do? That was the question. What shall we do? Now, mm-hmm. what did Peter tell them to do? Yeah, he in said. In verse 38. Go ahead, Chad. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, repent and be baptized, but not just any kind of baptism. Mm -mm. It's a baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Another word for remission is forgiveness of sin. We see that in Acts 2, or 22, 16, when Ananias told Peter, Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of your sins. So the only way to receive the forgiveness of your sins is to repent and be baptized. And you know, and we know that 
at this point they've they've heard the gospel call because Peter just told them. And they believed it because if they didn't, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't ask, what shall we do? So they, they heard, they believed, and we know that from Matthew 10, 32 and 33, confession is also a part of it. They needed to confess, as it also says in Romans 10, 9 and 10. Confession is made. And so they they did all of this, and then they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And then when you skip down, I'm not there, Chad, are you, are you there in your Bible? Where, in Acts 2? Yeah. Yeah. Can you read uh, 41? Yeah. So 41 says, Then those who gladly received his words were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So 3,000 that day received the forgiveness of their sin. Yeah. It, not just sin, singular, but sins, plural. You know, and then notice in verse 47, this is this is a very important verse. And um, so right Amazing. here, go ahead. Oh, uh, it says, uh, praising 47 of Acts chapter 2 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So, praising God and having favor with the people. But notice, who adds you to the church? Here it says the Lord, the Lord. added. Mm-hmm. So, a, a very important question that we have to ask ourselves. If we don't follow his plan of salvation, is he going to add you? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, you, when you come in, somebody's going to baptize you. But they're not the one adding you. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord adding you. And the Lord is only going to add you to his church when you follow his plan. You know, and and there's there's so much more to his plan. You know, like, yes, you got hear, believe, confess, repent, be baptized. But it, it's about giving your life to Christ. Oh, yeah. You know, Romans 6. Let's turn over there. Romans 6. Romans 6. So here, and I love Paul here, because he, it, we're going to start in verse 1. He starts by asking a question. You know, and, and it's almost like a ridiculous question. So he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So that's the question. He's like, so should we just continue in sin and let grace abound? You know, verse 2, he says, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many as of us as were baptized into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. 
Mm-hmm. So notice this beautiful uh, analogy that that Paul is talking about here in Romans six. So when we clothe ourselves with Christ in baptism, when we put on Christ in baptism, notice the what is going on. You know when when we get put immersed into the water, and that's the the Greek word for baptism, being immersed. So when you are submerged under water, you are putting the old man in the grave. Mm-hmm. The the life that you have been living, you know, the, the life of sin and pursuing the sins of the flesh, you put all of that away when you, you're putting that man away in the watery grave. And then you arise... As Christ arose from the grave to walk in newness of life with Him, you are a new person at that point. You have been your your sins have been washed away through the waters of baptism, mm-hmm. and you arise and walk in newness of life with the Lord. You know, and you know five and and six really points this out. If we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also should be in the likeness of His resurrection. Mm-hmm. So that's. That's what is going on when you are being baptized. That's it is at that point when you wash away your sins, and you know this is. It's the, an outward expression of an inward faith. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it's a willing to change your life. That's right. You know, it's an act of obedience. Yeah. is what it is, mm-hmm. and and what you're doing there is you're you're recognizing your failings. Mm-hmm. You know, recognizing like Paul did. You know, and actually, turn over the, to Acts, um, Acts 9. Let's look at Paul's conversion. So, starting in verse 9, it says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him in the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were in the way, or of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. So for three days, not only did he fast, but he didn't drink anything either. Mm-hmm. For three days. And then, uh, continuing on in verse 10, it says, Now there's a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias... And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For being, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, 
He has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And there he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So Ananias was a little afraid to go. He's like, Lord, I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this this Saul of Tarsus guy is not a very good guy. And then it says, uh, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has hastened me to you, that you may receive your sight. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened, and Saul spent some days with the disciples of Damascus. So I wanted to, to bring this out, okay? So first, he didn't eat or drink for three days. Yeah. Now I skip a meal and I'm hungry. <clears throat> oh, you know, uh, don't bother me. You know, and, and in fact, I actually, I can get a really nasty headache if mm-hmm. I don't eat. I don't yeah. know about you, Yeah. but I get a nasty headache if I don't eat, mm-hmm. especially if I don't drink anything. Like, oh, man. At this point, he must have been very dehydrated, you know, and... Dehydration causes headaches. Yeah, not saying he had a headache. I'm just saying that he probably had a lot. Must have been hungry, probably hurting. Before he ate, before he did anything else, what did he do? He was baptized. Mm, yeah, he's baptized. Yeah. This is how important baptism is. Mm-hmm. Obedience, because he knew that his sins wouldn't be forgiven him. Mm-hmm. Until he was baptized, yeah, that was more important than eating and drinking. Mm-hmm. That was more important than restoring his health. Baptism. Mm-hmm. That's how important it is mm-hmm. for you to get baptized. It's not like it's not um, just a recommendation. Well, the Ethiopian eunuch was traveling. That's right. And traveling when he realized, when he realized, he says, "Hey, here's water. What hinders me?" Yeah. And that was the chapter right before in Acts 8. Yeah. You know, and it, exactly. That's the thing, too, David, is uh, that we look at, you know, I guess, you know, there are some who say it's not important. Yeah. Well, why did he tell us so many times? Yeah. There's, why was there's it? multiple examples of it. Christ called Paul. Yeah. To the work. Mm-hmm. And before he had hope of eternal life. Even after Christ called him, what did he have to do first? Yeah, he had to be baptized. And and, and why? Like, what is the what is the point of that? Yeah, going back to Acts two thirty eight, that is the only way for remission of sins. Yeah, it's very difficult to to discredit the fact that the New Testament requires baptism to be a Christian. You need to be baptized. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to argue against that because of how many places we have the example. In every place that talks about becoming a disciple, yeah, becoming a Christian, and mm-hmm. by the way, a the word Christian means follower of Christ well, or Christ-like. That and was the first thing he said when he when he told Christians to go out and make disciples of themselves. That's right. That was the great commission them and teaching them. Yeah, that was the great commission. And then yeah. 
when you look at Christ before he started his ministry, mm-hmm. you know, and he, as he says, follow me, if, he was baptized as well. If you skip any of those steps, like we've talked before, it's not of God. Right. And, and it, understand, baptism is not the only step. No. You know, no. just like as, as it talks about in Mark 16, 16. Yeah. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Yeah. So it, it, it's because if you don't believe, baptism is pointless. You know, and so you're not, it's not dependent on just one step. It's yeah. dependent on all of it. Yeah. You know, just like after baptism, that's not the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you sin before baptism, you can easily sin right after baptism. Mm-hmm. Iniquity separates you from God, or sin separates you from God. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're baptized or not. Yeah. That's why you have to remain faithful, as it says in Revelation 2.10. That's why you have to walk in newness of life with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, Hebrews 11.6. I like this verse because it, it points out quite a bit for us to understand here. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those, and notice this last part, who diligently seek him. So it, it's, yeah. it's diligence, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's a continuance. It, it's continuing to follow Christ. You know, and diligence is in a way that shows care and um, consciousness in one's work or duties. Yeah. You know, for example, Chad, if you have um, a worker who is diligent at work, oh yeah, he's the best worker there, right? Sure. Someone you, know, you can count on. Yeah, absolutely somebody you can count on. And so having diligence towards the service of the Lord is exactly what we need to do. And, and you know, uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent. To present yourself approved unto God, a worker that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So again, there being diligent, and and the King James, in place of being diligent, says study. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, but it's it's a specific study. It, it's studying with your whole heart. It's that diligence and and wanting wanting to prove God right, not yourself. You yeah. know, there's a lot of people who come to the Word of God wanting to. Prove themselves right. And if you come to the Scripture with that mm-hmm. attitude, you're studying for the wrong reasons. You're, you're, as I call it, studying with a dog in a fight. <laughs> you know, you're you're not diligent to to present God right. Yeah. He's also, too, is like faith in Him is, it's mandatory. Yeah. In a lot of these things, all of these things, it's things that they're mandatory. You can't leave any of them out. Yeah. You know? In uh, verse ten, chapter ten, verse twenty-two of Hebrews it says, "Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, um, and our bodies washed with pure yeah water." That's a good one too. Yeah. And notice the the true heart. True heart. You know, and and Psalm one nineteen verse two, he says, "I will, I will serve the Lord with a whole heart." You know, and that's. The true heart that is being talked about here. It's love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is what is being talked about. Mm-hmm. Wanting the Lord to be right regardless of what that means to you. Yeah. 
And why do we do all this? There's, you know, it's not for vain, is it? No. It's, here's a here's a verse, Revelations twenty two twelve. Yeah. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. That's right. According to our work. It's kind of yep. like, you know, we brought up the parable of the talents. You yeah. Know, that they weren't using, they weren't using, some of them weren't using the talent. They were scared and, and buried it. That's right. But the ones that used their talents gained and, and multiplied their talent. Yeah. And and to tie in with that, Ephesians 2, 5, just so everyone understands, says, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, mm-hmm. by grace you have been saved. Yeah. So it, it's not a work-based salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what we're saying, but what it is saying is, this is your reasonable right. service to the Lord. Going back to... It doesn't mean that I'm going to have, you know, yeah... Yeah, works. The more work I do, the more yeah, reward. Yeah, it's doing the work of the Lord. Because when we have that attitude, we boast in right. our works. You know, yeah. look at me. It's not about he, that. He confronts that. He does, and and so it's not a work based salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation, mm-hmm. but rather. What he's calling us to do is work for him. Yeah. And if we work for him, we're not worthy of him. But rather, that's when his grace will shine upon us. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we are we are designed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's probably about time, it isn't is. it? Okay. Yeah. You got so, a good good mental clock there. Yeah. Uh, well, I looked at the clock when we started. Oh, okay. <laughs> I cheated. <laughs> so I think that's a great place to start. Oh, yeah, too. absolutely. Um, yes. So... Some great things for us. I know I enjoy study their study here in our podcast because yes, it's just beneficial for us, you and I, David. That's right. And we're just recording it, and hopefully, you all enjoy uh, the study that we've had tonight. Um, so we'll certainly be looking forward to another study. Any teasers, Dave? Um, no, I'm actually going to be starting a series. Okay. So so we're starting a series that. next week. Uh, so that's two be determined yeah and uh, so we'll look forward to having another study with you next week and we'll see you next time thank you guys